most of the people that ask about spiritual accountability aren't asking because they're actually interested in you. They're asking because they want to have some kind of control over your life. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. No sponsors. Still. Still. But you know what, man? I I feel good about it. I think I think we're having we're having a lot of fun. By the way, if if you have a leadership question that you would love for Cole and I to tackle, shoot us an email. Podcast at what? Secondchance.is. Secondchance.is. Podcast at secondchance.is. We would love to answer your leadership question. It'd be fun to do like a an answering your questions episode someday. Q&A answer. Yeah. That's a good idea. We'll do that, man. If we if we I mean, we've done it live before. We have and we've we, we still don't we got like one sponsor email, uh but who knows but, by the time this episode comes out, maybe we might have one. I'm just saying if you got a leadership question, shoot us an email. We would love to take a look at it, not not promising you, then we can answer it. But we will forward it on to Craig Rochelle's team at Life Church because <laughs> they have a campus on the moon now. And big deal, big deal. Elon Musk is going to Mars. Craig's got a campus there he already. Pro- they probably have it in the plans. That, it, I'm telling you, it's there. We That's already crazy. have life on Mars. Craig Rochelle has a leadership. It's crazy. Has a has a campus on Mars. Cole, you came up with this one today. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah. So I'll ask you. I'll start off with a question. Have you ever had? Somebody say something to you that was like burned into your memory forever. Yes. I've had I've had a few of these moments in my life. Yes, absolutely. And one of them for me, I was I was in an internship at a church in college and we were going through this uh communication I don't know what to call it, class exercise right. where right. basically we were given 15 minutes to come up with a 3-minute sermon. And we presented it in front of the entire church staff. Terrifying, by the way. And uh, I remember, I, I don't even remember what I spoke about, but I remember I got off the stage and the guy that was kind of leading the internship, he looked at me and he said, Cole, you, ha- you, ha- you have a gift. He said, your biggest temptation that you're going to battle in your life is being the same person off the stage that you portray yourself to be on the stage. Wow. And I I will never, ever, ever, ever forget that. And he just, and in that, he explained like what you do in private Mm -hmm. really, really matters. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking of, you know, David and Goliath. And I love the part where David goes up to Saul and he's like, hey, man, I'm going to go kill this giant. Right. (laughs) And Saul's like, you know, what are you talking? Like, you're a kid. What are you, you, what are you going to do? Yeah. And his answer is, no, you don't, you don't get it. I've been killing giants my whole life when nobody was watching and nobody cared. And because I've been practicing this in private, I'm about to go out there and do it in front of all these people when it really matters and everybody's watching now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think as a leader, what we do in private really matters. And so one of the things I respect a lot about you, Perry, is I think you actually have this down really, really well. And I've got four different categories I kind of want to talk about. 
in terms of being healthy in your personal life right. as a leader. And so let's talk about those. Okay. The first one I want to chat about is, is physical health. This is something mm-hmm. you do very, very well. How, how do you stay healthy physically and how do you maintain motivation to do that? Well, let me back up for just a second and say I have had those comments made to me like you never forget. Like somebody says something to you, you're like, I'm never forget that. It's going to change my life. I never will forget when I was a kid, my dad told me, don't eat yellow snow. That's where the doggies go. <laughs> and it changed my life. I just, I've never eaten yellow snow since. Um, had you been eating yellow no, snow? No, okay. actually it never snows in the South. Um, but yeah, you're, you're a hundred percent right. Because when, when you come off the stage and people meet you and they're, you know, and on stage you're fun and you smile and they meet you and you're a jerk <laughs> that it just, it really does set people back spiritually. Yeah. Um, and so you said, what do I do in my personal life as far as staying healthy, physical health? Yes. And why, why is it important? I think as a leader, we should do our best to try to set an example for people in every area of our lives. Um, Now, for me, being physically healthy has always been a challenge. As a child, I was morbidly obese. I weighed over 300 pounds. I wore a size 50 in the waist. And so, and as I look back, nobody's asking for this. I'm just saying for me, I see that the very first temptation in the Bible, what did Satan use to tempt Eve? The apple. Fruit. Food. Yeah. The very first temptation of Jesus, what was his temptation? Turn these food. stones into, into bread. Food. Food's a big food's a big deal. Wow, like I've we, never thought of that. We need it to survive. But in the church, it somebody can be an alcoholic and they can lose their job. Somebody can be fifty pounds overweight and they get a raise. Hmm. And so I'm just saying it's something I've always battled with. Um, I tell people that my family has always struggled with a disease called fatas. <laughs> and some, some people, it's going to be five minutes later. It'll be you'll gets get that. it later, and that's fine. <laughs> he cussed. Yes, I do. I cuss on and off the stage. Um, so getting physically healthy. So back in 2016, when I um, got fired, lost my job for drinking too much alcohol. I mean, at the end of the day, I I was not a walking example of physical health. So I made the decision, you know what? I, I'm i ridiculously in charge of how my physical health is. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. When I, when I made the decision to get better physically, like running, lifting weights, um, and eating clean about 80% of the time, I, I'm not a hundred percent guy. I'm not still got to have the dessert. I'm always going to eat dessert. Um, but when I made that decision, my panic attacks decreased, mm. my anxiety levels decreased, my worry levels decreased, and my 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 knowledge actually increased because anytime I'm running, I'm listening to a podcast, I'm listening to a book, I'm listening to I'm I'm watching a, a TED talk or or something. And so for, for me, being physically healthy is, number one, it helps me to be a better leader. And number two, it, it, you know, I think, unless something crazy happens, it allows me to live longer. I mean, studies show. 
I mean, I could get struck by lightning, but or yeah. most pastors is always like, hey, man, what happens to you if you get hit by a bus? Well, there's not a lot of buses in Anderson, but <laughs> if I get hit by a bus, I'm in heaven. This is God's church. He'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Oh, man. yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, I want, getting physical, I run on a treadmill in my garage. I'm not running out on the road. I, I, somebody will be like, is that Pastor P? I'm going to go ahead and take care of this problem. <laughs> and just, you know, so, and I, I'm not biking either. So, so funny side of story, somebody tried to get me to go biking with him one time. And I was like, well, I'm not wearing the tights. And he was like, that's great. And then he told me I had to clip my shoes into the... It's terrifying, I was like, man. there's no freaking... For people wa- with control issues, I, that's... Nope, nope. I ain't trying to be Joe Biden falling over on a bicycle. So... <laughs> do, you th- do you think it's just generally important for leaders to be physically healthy? I think it will... Yes. And, and the reason why is I think it... Number one, it... You set a better example. Number two, you really do think more clearly mm. and you feel better. Like when I, when I lost my job back in 2016, I was 40, 40 pounds heavier than I am right now. Now, a lot of people are like, I never knew this. But like I said, I just wore, I said in a few podcast episodes and you came at me sideways after, um, but I just wore really loose clothes, yeah. you know? And so for me, I, I think more clearly, I feel better. And the other thing this that includes Cole is getting a proper amount of rest. Mm-hmm. I got a sleep apps on my I got a sleep app on my Apple Watch that tracks my sleep. I got to make sure I'm sleeping well. Mm-hmm. So those things are essential if you're going to maximize your leadership potential. I love it. Yeah. So I want to I want to move on to I think it's obviously really important to be healthy relationally mm-hmm. in your life as a leader. We got Shannon in the room even here. Your your wife. Mm-hmm. How do you stay relationally healthy when it comes to your life off stage and outside of this church? And how do you do that? Well, and so in right when you walk in my house, I've got this where Shannon can see it. It's the Bible verse that says, Wives, submit to your husbands. That's the only <laughs> part I have. And I told her, I said, if you live by that, we're going to be great. She's laughing, by the way. I know, because that's not true. Um, so for me, I I understand. And let me just kind of address the the elephant in the room, the skeleton in the closet. I went through a divorce. And if you're listening to this podcast, um, no matter what the reason for the divorce was, you, I mean, it, it hurt, it stings. It sucks. Um, even if there was some relief after it, the process is it literally it's rips ugly. your stomach. So, so I understand what it's like to be unhealthy in a relationship capacity. So before I got married to Shannon, before I even asked her to marry me, I made up my mind. Um, I know there's some things I'm going to do different. And so Shannon and I have a couple of like boundaries and rules. Like, for example, we we typically try not to have deep, intense conversations after church on Sunday mm-hmm. because I'm brain dead yep. and I'm emotionally drained. And and because of that, I've told her I typically will resort to either um being a smart aleck or just not talking at all. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's one of the things we do relationally for us. We're going to do a date night at least once a week, um, sometimes twice a week. And that's just for her. 
I let her define what quality time is. It's just us spending time together. Yeah. So we're we're going to do that because if I walk on stage on a Sunday and we just gotten into an argument, I I can't think as clearly as I need to think. Now, that's happened. And I blame the devil 100% because <laughs> listen, if if you if you're a pastor or a church leader or whatever and you're going to get in an argument with your spouse, I swear to God it's going to be on the way yeah. to church and it's usually over something stupid. Um, like I, I'm like, listen, we need to leave at 7:20, and she's ready every week. Not at 7:20, but I'm just kidding. She <laughs> like, but if she's like at 7:22, and then I get a little pissy because she's 7:22 and it's not 7:20, and then I say something snippy, and by the time we get to church, we're we're like we're we're not best friends at all whatsoever. That's not so. I've got, but I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible yeah. for my attitude. She's responsible for her. She's responsible for her attitude. So we've had to set some boundaries. No, I'm, and there's times when, and she works here at the church too. So they'll be like, hey, tonight we're not going to talk about church at all whatsoever. I mean, Addie and I, we have to do that sometimes mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I, I, no, I, it never works, but but we at least say it. And, I know. It, yeah. We make it about f- maybe 10 minutes or yes, so. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. The, and the reason I bring this up is, you know, we see a lot of people out there in leadership positions and pastoral positions that just have really messy marriages and mm-hmm. relationships. And let me say this, it's behind the scenes. They're not going to talk about it because if they ask for help, they'll get kicked out. Yeah. And so I, I'm just a big believer in, I, I, I think leaders, especially church leaders, one of the most important parts of staying healthy is actually is making sure your home life is, is solid. Making you making sure you're connecting with your spouse emotionally, relationally, and and physically. Yeah, sex is a big deal. It's a big deal, and I'm for it. Praise God for it. Amen. Amen. I tell that's the only time. That's that's when I get charismatic. Speaking in tongues, laying on hands. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, keep moving. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah, it's great. Um, and just a side note, I know you keep kind of bringing this up after each one of these topics. I wasn't going to say it, but I, I do. As I wrote these down, I do know that parts of the you you've actually had to walk through some failure to get healthy in these areas in 100%. the past, and so I think you're a perfect person to talk to about these things. So, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. It, which is kind of some people are like, oh my god, he failed, uh, he can't help. But do you know, like in in groups like Alcoholics Anonymous, you cannot lead a group unless you've been an alcoholic. Yeah, like you, the only. In church world, you got to be perfect, but in AA, you gotta you, you gotta screw to have up. Screwed up. Yeah, you got if you screwed yep. up, you can lead. And I'm like, that's everybody on the planet. Yep. So speaking of things, we both have walked through some of this in the past. Mental health. How? What are some key things you do or have done to make sure you keep your mental health in check? And I think one of the things we do wrong just in the world today is, you know, so we, we see physical health on a, on a spectrum, right? Is you're not, it's, it's not one or the other. You're not physically healthy or physically not healthy, right? You're somewhere on the, on the scale. And I think what we do for mental health, a lot of times is we either just say, well, I'm, I have mental health issues or I don't. Mm -hmm. So, but I think we're always on this spectrum. How do you keep yourself more on the healthy side of that spectrum in your life? So for years, I thought that people who wrestled with mental health issues were um, weak. They probably didn't walk with Jesus. They probably just didn't love Jesus. 
And if they prayed and read their Bible more, went to church more, they probably wouldn't have any mental health issues at all. Yeah. And then I got to go through hell when it came to mental health. I mean, I remember having my first panic attack, my first of many. Um, I remember struggling with depression. Mm-hmm. I remember seriously contemplating um, suicide. Uh, it it was it was, and not talking about it. Like I, I wouldn't talk about it because I was scared to death I would get labeled because. I had labeled people. Mm-hmm. I was scared to death that that people would think I was less than. I was scared that people would look down upon me, that I would lose credibility. But it eventually got to the point where I, I talked to one person, and I talked to another person, and then that person helped me find um, a licensed therapist that could really help me walk through some difficult things. I spent about a week in pretty intensive therapy at one point, just trying to get thoughts down and and my life straightened out. Um, and since that time, it's it's been that thing of and and then and then for a while, Cole, I went I went on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on uh, something that that kept me from like being depressed. And I don't think I don't think for I don't think that's bad. I think if you need yeah. medication. You need medication. I think God heals people sometimes miraculously, and I think he heals people through medication. Um, and so I went on depression medication for a while. Um, but now I, I'm i very honest. I'm very open about what I wrestle with, mm-hmm. what I struggle with. I got a very small inner circle that I'm very tight with that I talk to about everything because if you don't talk about it, if you bottle it up and you don't talk about it, it's going to turn toxic and it's eventually going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you, I don't know, maybe practice um, or is there anything that maybe you had to learn back in those days that really helped you flip the switch and helped you move from like unhealth to health? Anything like that? It's a process. It was it was 100%. A process. There, there's a couple things that that really helped me. Is number one is gratitude. Mm. Um, that was a major, major shift in my life. Um, like this morning, I was writing a couple thoughts down, and I just stopped and I said this, and I've heard people say this before, but it's true. If God never gave me another thing in my life, He's already blessed me with way more than I ever thought I would have. Mm. Like, I'm a country boy from easily South Carolina, and I've been to, I've, I've, I've been, I've traveled the world. I've been to Israel 17 times. Um, I, I've seen things I never thought I would see. I've experienced stuff I've never thought I would experience. I've been blessed beyond. So every morning, and I, I wish I could say this, I do this every morning. But at least five out of seven mornings before I get out of bed, I thank God for something. So good, man. I, I think we underestimate the power of gratitude and the the regular practice of it and how how much of a shift that causes in our mind. Well, just look how far you've come. I mean, I, I was thanking him for my truck the other day. I got a nice truck. You I do like, have my, a cool I like truck. my truck. But you know what, man? I'm working on that. 
20 years ago, I was driving a piece of crap. Mm -hmm. It was held together by prayer and duct tape. (laughs) I anointed it with oil, two quarts a day. I mean, I just, (laughs) so I'm like, God, thank you for my truck. This is, I can't even believe I get to drive this. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Hmm. All the knobs and buttons work. In fact, I've got buttons and knobs. I don't even know what they do. It's it's so cool. Anyway, that's not what you ask. Gratitude's huge. Gratitude is is huge. Yeah. And then finding a therapist you can trust. I, I've always said, you know, we have this stigma that crazy people need therapy. I've always said people that are breathing need therapy. 100%. And if you're uh, if you're dealing with mental health issues, you, you're one of many. You're not weird. You're, it's actually sadly normal. Right. Um, there is a way through it, though. There is a way through it. There is a way to overcome the mist, the fog, the shadow. There is a way out. There is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel if you're somebody wrestling with those issues. It it's uh it's it's a process, but if you'll embrace the process and do the work, you can come out of that dark cloud. I did. Come on. I did. I love it. Um this last one, I want to ask you about how you stay healthy spiritually, but I want to kind of um preface it with this and you've experienced you've worked in churches for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's you quickly realize this, I think, once you start working in a church. There's a very fine line between God's work and church work. 100%. How do you... It's it's just so easy to take your eyes off Jesus and what we're really doing and, and put it on the work. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you keep your relationship with Jesus front and center, especially as a leader of a church? And I know that sounds crazy, but right. again, it's easy to, to miss. For me... And this is the way I've operated at least for the past two and a half years, three years. And I couldn't have articulated it. Maybe I did it before. But for me, um, my walk with God, my walk with Jesus is the most important thing in my life because that, that equals the work that Jesus is doing in me. Everything overflows from that. Mm-hmm. So I'll put that first, and if I'll put my walk with Jesus first, then the church work will handle itself. But if I've put the church work first, the church work sucks, and my walk with Jesus is non-existent. Hmm. But if I put my walk with Jesus first, then I'm leading and I'm preaching out of the overflow of what he's doing inside of me. And so that's why when I get up in the mornings and I have my personal time with God and then I transition into sermon time— I don't say I did my quiet time for this amount of time, and then I did sermon prep. But it, from from the time I get up between four thirty and five o'clock in the morning until I go for a run somewhere between eight thirty and nine, I'm I'm trying my best to get as connected and close to Jesus as as I can. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool, and you know, we've gotten to see this is it's so cool, and it's hard to explain almost it's all the pieces of this ministry have slowly but faithfully just fallen into place. Miraculous things, like unexplainable things, left after right. And I think that's a product of what you do in the morning. Like, I really do. It Well, the I think it was Mark Batterson that said this years ago. And I don't know if he was quoting somebody or if he just said it. He's a super brilliant dude. But he said, I would rather have one... God idea than a thousand good ideas. Mm. And I'm going to go and tell you every God idea that I've ever had came to me in one of, one of three places, one of three places. 
One is in that personal time with God in the mornings, every yeah. morning reading the scriptures. It's, I just, I love, but I love the Bible. Yeah. Um, number two, when I'm out on a run, I can be on a run and just get like, I've got, I've got four or 500 voice notes on my, on my voice note app that I just make for myself. Like go back and do this. Yeah. And I should have gone back and erased them, but I like to go back and listen to them sometimes just to it, the kind of nostalgic. I get mine in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a reason for that though, Cole. Uh, it's the only quiet place left in the world. Well, think about this though. The reason people get good ideas in the shower, this is actually, I read this and this was so cool. It made so much sense is you don't think about how to take a shower. You take a shower the same way you did five hmm. to 10 years ago. So your brain is totally, you don't have to say, you don't, you tell yourself, wash your arm, wash under your arm, wash your butt. Like <laughs> you don't, you don't have to, yeah, you, you, you don't have to tell yourself that you just, you just naturally think you, you're not thinking your brain is disengaged. And hmm. so that's why people have great ideas in the shower. So, wow. So anyway, first, first place is my time with God. Second time is when I'm on a run. And the, the third time that my best ideas come are either in the middle of the night or right when I wake up in the morning. Hmm. And you and you make a note. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Look, I want to I want to ask you one more question about this spiritual um, topic. Maybe I hope you want to answer this. Uh-oh. You get a lot of people that accuse you of not being spiritually he- held accountable spiritually. Mm. Talk about that, because I know you don't like that. No, well, I actually do love accountability. Yeah. But most of the people that ask about spiritual accountability aren't asking because they're actually interested in you. They're asking because they want to have some kind of control over your life. Mm. I do have people that I'm spiritually accountable to, very spiritually accountable to, more so than I've ever been in my entire life. And I love and I welcome that accountability. I have a group of people in my life that if they texted me something that they saw that I said or they saw on social media that bothered them, I would automatically um, wait. I heard somebody say one time, opinions should be weighed, not counted. Yeah. So their their opinion weighs a lot. Yeah. And I will take that and I'll wrestle with it. And But I don't, I don't listen to everybody yeah. because there's too much that we give people way too much access to our minds and our emotions via social media. Yeah. So when people go, well, nobody holds him accountable. Well, that's not true. It's that you want to hold me accountable. And at the end of the day, there's, there's no way I would let you. There's, there's a certain version of that, that probably people that don't even go to this church want. And I don't think they take, the time to, I don't know, nobody, I mean, nobody, these people don't know you. And but, I think that's what bothers me about it is I don't want to go on a rant about why I get bothered by, by this stuff, but you are held accountable in many ways. Well, and that's the other thing. And I is, think you find that important, actually. It's a hundred percent important. I want, I want to be held accountable because at the end of the day, I know my proclivity to screw up. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I have unlimited potential to screw everything up. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, I'm good at that. What do you call us? The island of misfit. We are the island of misfit toys. Yep. 100. Our whole staff. And so I I know, I know I can get it wrong, which is mm-hmm. why I have a. And listen, it's a limited number of people, um, that can speak into my life because you can't listen to all the voices that are coming at us today, are so. I mean, they're coming from every area, and we just 
we, we can't pay attention to what everybody says because especially people, when you begin to allow people who do not know you to define you, you will 100% lose your identity in Christ mm. because wow. you, you, you will live for an audience of people on social media rather than living for an audience of one. Ooh. And, and that's just one of the most dangerous places to be spiritually. That's good, man. It's yeah. It's 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 something I've had to learn though. Yeah. It's something I've had to learn. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that I feel like it helps me to be a better leader, a better husband, a better dad, um, a better dog owner to my dogs. Um, dad, yeah. Do- dog dad. I am. A, I'm a great dog dad. My dogs love me. Well, cool, man. You got anything? else you want to say before we close out no it's just a, well yeah it, i said no and then i started talking yeah if <laughs> if you're struggling with any of those things i would just tell you to reach out to somebody that you trust um somebody that you um think could help um somebody that you know that struggled in that area and has overcome because it they 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 will they won't think you're weak they'll think you're they'll admire you for asking for help mm-hmm. and then getting help and getting better when the leader gets better Everybody gets better. You stole that. I did. I don't know who from, but I stole it from somebody. I think Craig Groeschel. No, I think it was Andy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I think that's Andy. Right. Andy said that. God bless him. He man, Andy Stanley. He's a genius. Is a genius. He's got a better podcast than mine. But one of these days, we'll give him a run for hey, his money. He's got. He's got sponsors. We. He's got sponsors. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Um, and thank you for checking out the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com. Whoa, 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 whoa.